Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. <laughs> Gone with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. If you're getting all of these calls saying, you know, your your warranty has expired, don't say to them, stop calling me. That has no impact. Say to them, stop harassing me. There's the word. That word had the punch. Class is it. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network, 32 stations strong. I'm Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Now, we do shows in advance. We try to get at least two weeks ahead. We're way ahead because school started and we wanted to, and it's not just my school, it's for our kids too. So we wanted to get a month ahead. So we're way out. Biz Marquee, the rapper passed away on July 16th at the age of 57. We believe it's because of complications of diabetes, but once again, we're doing this show three days after he passed away. Obviously, it's airing about a month ahead because we want to be ahead on things. And matter of fact, today is July 18th to us, at least. Bismarcky was always known as sort of the clown prince of rap. I enjoyed his stuff. I, I got to be honest with you, when rap first got underway, even before MTV had Yo! MTV raps, but then into it, it was really a different animal than you see today. It was it, fun. It was a lot more fun. It had so many more genres. There were love songs. There was comedy. There was a different thing. It has since become this giant bravado. Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for a new kind of rap to come out in the same way that grunge showed up and basically destroyed hair metal. Right. I'm expecting some kind of new rap to come out and stop the whole world from looking this way and looking that way and saying, wow, what is that? I just can't even imagine what that's going to be. I don't I don't know either, but then again, it's always something that you look back and you go, well, that seemed a logical progression. Here's the thing about Bismarcky. He always, in this sea of bravado, he always played the Charlie Brown character. Mm-hmm. He never gets the girl. Whereas today, there's nine girls that love me at the club and, and all of that <laughs> stuff. He never got the girl. He found himself this beautiful niche that people resonated with. And because of it, he got himself a top 10 hit with Just a Friend. Okay, that was in 1989. But here's the thing that people really don't know about Bismarcky. And I know people are saying to me, wait a minute, you're going to do a whole show on sort of a mid-level rapper that has had one, maybe one and a half hits? I am. 
because if you're anywhere near my age, you probably remember that rap music for its beginning, probably till about 1990 from when it began, lower 80s, 83, 84, and I know it was back before then, but that's when it really started hitting mainstream. What people would do is take little snippets, samples from multiple songs, put them together and create a music bed. It, it really was a talent unto itself. And when it's done correctly, it's spectacular. The problem is the law was never on the side of the people who were taking the samples. So you had somebody putting this stuff together who would say, well, look, I've got this guitarist. I've got this drummer. I've got this keyboard. No, you don't. You have a snippet of a song that that person played on. It was Bismarcky who brought all of that to an end because somebody in the rap world finally ran into another musician who wouldn't take the idea of, well, he's only taking a snippet. Don't worry about it. He, this marquee, ran into Gilbert O'Sullivan, and it turned into one of the biggest court cases that ever happened in the rap world. So what I want to do today play a little Bismarck key, say thank you, RIP, thank you for the music, but explain what happened in this court case and how it sent shockwaves through not only the rap community, but the production community and also the law community because now copyright had to be enforced in a completely different way. Have I set it up well enough? I think we're going to court. I think we're going to court. Here's the big hit. This one went to number nine, Just a Friend, and you say, well, just a friend. I mean, he played the piano on that. Well, he might have, but what? he sampled another piano to do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna this smooth weird. all this out. Here's Biz Marquee, R.I.P. Just a friend. This was his top ten hit here on Rocks. Have you ever met a girl that you tried to date, but a year to make love, she wanted you to wait? Let me tell you a story of my situation. I was talking to this girl from the U.S. nation. The way that I met her was on tour at a concert. She had long hair and a short miniskirt. I just got on stage dripping, pouring with sweat. I was walking through the crowd, and guess who I met? I whispered out, my heart went down south. So please listen to the message that I send. Don't ever talk to a girl who says she just has a friend. Has a friend. Has a friend. Has a Well, there's Biz Marquis and his big hit, and if you're interested, well, why didn't he get nailed for that hit? There was a chance at it. However, the piano part that he, quote, sampled was from a song by Freddie Scott, You Got What I Need. As a matter of fact, here, here's about, and it's one of these things where you only need about 10 seconds of the song, because that's all they took. Here is the bit that Biz Marquis took for that song. Listen up. was a 1968 tune uh, by a guy named Freddie Scott called You Got What I Need. Now, the question is, why didn't Freddie Scott sue him? He could have, but he didn't because what Bismarck did was called interpolate. Huh? Instead of taking the exact 
sample, instead Uh of going to the record and taking it, he simply had either him or somebody else play the piano part. So it's a sample, but it's replayed. Does that make sense? It does. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Does that make that less wrong? It depends. We've said this a thousand times on the show. Copyright must be enforced by the copyright holder. And if the copyright holder allows it to go, well, then great. It's entirely possible this guy, Freddie Scott, simply said, hey, look, somebody likes my song. Let's let it play. Yeah. He probably got got some interviews out of it and maybe some gigs out of it. And okay. That's, you know, I would have done that. And he doesn't look like a jerk for suing at the time the clown prince of rap. I don't know that for a fact, but that, that seems logical to me. In the 1980s, you got to look at how these things were made, how the music was made. One of the best albums is by the Beastie Boys, and it's called Paul's Boutique. There's a song called, I know I know there was other hits off it, but the song Hey Ladies is such a beautiful homage to what people in the 80s did. To finish the song, there are 17 different songs sampled just on the song. Barroom Blitz by Sweet, Party Time by Curtis Blow, Holy Ghost by the Barkays, Shake Your Pants and I Just Wanna Be by Cameo, Pump It Up by P-Funk All-Stars, Jungle Boogie by Cool and the Gang, Machine Gun by the Commodores, Jazzy Sensation by Africa Bombata, Change Le Beat by Fab Five Freddy, featuring B-Side, you gotta throw the featuring in, uh, Come Let Me Love You by Jeanette Day, So Rough So Tough by Zap and Roger, Ain't It Funky Now and Funky President by James Brown, Hey DJ by Malcolm McLaurin, and the world-famous Supreme Team, High Power Rap by Cash Crew, and Hush by Deep Purple. Woo! Now, that's the, that was the talent. That was the artist of it. It's a collage of music that got put together. And there were, and we're going to get into this, there was a lot of, well, look, we're only taking this much. We're only taking a drum strike or only taking two chords. We're only taking what have you. And it took the Bismarck legal fight for all that to come to an end. So let me play from Paul's Boutique, Beastie Boys, Hey Ladies, and just start to pick out all of these songs. It's really interesting. It sounds like this on Rock School. Boys song, you probably went, Joe, when are they going to go into different songs? It had to meet the chorus 
before it it changed and then the sax came in and the guitar and all that if you listen you can hear all 17 different samples and i chose that one because i used to love paul's boutique and that's the one to me that looked like it had so many samples on it now are we at Bismarcky yet? Well, look, what happened was these guys or women were taking samples and they were making songs. And every so often somebody would go, hey, 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 don't do that. And a copyright can always be fixed with money. All right, how much do you want? Well, I want this amount. Okay, there you go. And all of this happened behind the scenes. It's not like everybody did what they wanted and nobody cared. There were people that, that got a little upset and money always took care of it. It took a giant group to shake the sugar tree, if you will, to get people a little bit nervous. And it wasn't Bismarck Key yet. There is a group called the Turtles, and they have a 1969 called You Showed Me How the... You got it? Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, da, listen. Da, 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 da. That's it exactly. Listen just to the first organ hit in You Showed Me. Listen, listen. Okay, fair enough. Very simplistic music. Bump, bump. It's, it's setting up the squeeze box for the rest of the song to come in over top of it. There was another group called De La Soul. They created a song in 1989 titled Transmitting Live from Mars. There was an album called Three Feet High and Rising. De La Soul plugs one, two, and three. I was really into rap when it first came out. What they did was take those organ hits. And not only did they take the organ hits, but the organ hit was not in the right key. So what they did is slowed it down, to which you say, okay, you've changed it. It's now yours. Well, that ain't the way the turtles saw it. Transmitting Live from Mars is only about a minute and a half. Listen to the beginning of it, and you'll hear the organ hit. But again, it's been changed in terms of pitch. Listen. Écoutez. À midi. Quelle heure est-il Il est midi. C'est l'heure de déjeuner. Qu'est-ce qu'il y a à manger Les saucisses. Sans doute. Écoutez et répétez. And there you have it. Oh, oh no. That is what got people upset. And instead of it being done behind the scenes, the Turtles, Howard Kalen and Mark Volman, sued the group publicly and began saying in the press. And press loves people who are angry. Started saying in the press, well, look, these rap guys, they're taking our songs and they're not paying us and such. It got settled out of court. There was no judgment. And the amount is gagged, but it has been stated it's been high as a million to 1.7 million. That was given over. And that got people looking at it and going, huh. I don't have to let them take it. Right. I can actually go to court. Bismarcky comes next. Here's the turtles you showed me on Rock School. You showed me how to do exactly what you do, how I fell in love with you. Exactly what you do, 
And now you love me too 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 Coming into the first break, let's finally get to this Bismarcky court case that comes up. Bismarcky had a an album that was called I Need Haircut. And on that album, he wanted to create a song called Alone Again. So what he did is he contacted Gilbert O'Sullivan's people, that was Grand Upright Music, and said, I would like to use the song Alone Again naturally for the song alone again yeah, yeah he yeah. was told no. <gasps> no here's the here's the problem though the song was already created it was to be on the album and warner brothers said go just send it out go ahead gilbert o'sullivan heard the song and went no 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 you can't do that but here is where it gets different because you say to me well joe why didn't they just pay the guy off right uh, and make him go away it's warner brothers they got money coming out their ears well the answer is they tried however when the lawsuit came when grand upright music went up against warner brothers and that's how you would search it if you want to read it grand upright music v warner brothers what they did is instead of claiming copyright infringement what they claimed was theft as if Bismarcky put on a mask, grabbed a gun, snuck into Gilbert O'Sullivan's house, and robbed him. My, that sounds so, like the wrong word. It does to me, too, but the lawyers, in some way, and the judge, allowed it to go forward. So instead of simply saying to Gilbert O'Sullivan, technically grand upright music, here, take this amount of money... He said, no, 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 no. I need to make a statement. I need to explain to you rap artists that you just can't take whatever you want. I'm going to teach you a lesson? Exactly that. I'm going to teach you a lesson. And the darn thing is, he won. He, won, he meaning Gilbert O'Sullivan, won. Yeah. And what happened was, it is now seen at the time... It is now 1991. It is now seen at the time that if you take a piece of music, it's not just copyright infringement. You can get nailed for theft. What's the difference? Well, it's not money. It's go to jail time. Oh, yeah. Exactly that. Words mean things. And what happened was when the Southern District Court of New York, Judge Kevin Duffy said, thou shalt not steal. That was the beginning, because when a judge makes a, 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 a statement, he has got to back it up with this written element. Why did you make these decisions? And he started with, thou shalt not steal. So what Bismarcky did was pay money, because there was also copyright infringement in it, but all future printings of the album, all future digital what have you, does not include the song Alone Again. And it scared the heck out of the rap community. It is said that there are thousands upon thousands of songs sitting on a shelf. Really? Because of this, because at that point in time, once it became theft, the music world went, whoa, 
Whoa, I don't want to do this anymore. Who's listening to us? W-X-Z-Y, Kane, P-A. Excellent. Back in a minute to go further into this here on Rock School. out of the break there's a phrase that goes words mean things the idea i know we say it to people hey use the right word use the right your and such but legally words mean things they carry with them a meaning for example theft yeah means something dramatically different than infringement yes right or um, violated the word violated there's there's a lot of people today that simply understand the correct word to say such as well i remember hearing uh, a lawyer on the radio it's a lawyer on the radio if you're getting all of these calls saying, you know, your your warranty has expired, don't say to them, stop calling me. That has no impact. Say to them, stop harassing me. There's the word. That word had the punch. So when they said they, Grand Upright Music, said to Bismarcky, you didn't just infringe. You stole it. You ha- You committed theft. The word meant something. It meant that there was prison time. It, right. Or it meant jail there time on the been. other side of it. Now, look, he wasn't going to jail. Come on. He was, in, he was in breach of copyright law. He wasn't going to jail, but throwing that theft in there, that scared the living out of a ton of other people. Okay, so what happened? What was the ramification of it? The copyright holders and songs now, because of this Bismarcky Grand Upright Music versus Warner Brothers, they had solid legal leg to stand on to say that their music was theirs and you got to pay them or get into magnificent trouble. A lot of artists who had been messed over previous said when somebody came and said, hey, I want to use half a second of this. They said, fine, we get 50% of the money. Oh, it's happened before. Do you remember the what? song? You remember the, the song by, um, oh, come up with it. Uh, you can't touch this. Do, 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 do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, 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 do. Uh, that song was blatantly super freak, mm-hmm. right? right? Same thing with Vanilla Ice. Ding, 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 dig a ding, ding. Ding, 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 dig a ding, ding. The owners of the song simply showed up and said, I'll take half your royalties. And, and got it. It was a lot of money. And oh, Great songs. Yeah, imagine how big it was and how much money why there would, was. Yeah, why wouldn't you just want to take some money? Why would you want to shut that down? I wouldn't shut it down. I would, I would have set myself, this is the way I'd have done it. I'd have set myself at like 10% of royalties. And I just said to people, use my music with impunity. Yep. But I get 10% of everything. What 
Too many people did, and it's too bad they did it. They wanted it shut down completely. It again reminds me of Napster. Rather than the people who owned the music saying, you know what, leave Napster up. But say to Napster, we get a nickel mm -hmm. for every time someone downloads it. Napster would have continued. Right. And they would have made a ton of money. But no, they didn't. They sued people. Right. And I think that's the problem here. Songs that were created by, say, Public Enemy. They had a group of people that put together music beds called the Bomb Squad. Beastie Boys as well. There were so many samples, it simply became too cost prohibitive. And there's this idea of pricing yourself out of the market. You ask for so much money that no one will buy it. Eminem, right. Eminem does this. He, yeah. he doesn't want his music in movies. He doesn't want his music in commercials. So he asks some absurd amount of money, like three quarters of a million dollars. Mm -hmm. No one's going to pay it. Right. So he purposely set himself out of the market. I would have simply said, hey, look, use my music like crazy, but I get 2%, 3%. And if 100 songs used it, I, hey, you'll see me on the Mexican Riviera <laughs> with a you know a glass of something in my hand. But that's not what people did. There's a whole lot of in music all or nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's that's scary. Yeah. It, 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 and the fact that copyright has been extended so far, it's, it's scary. It, it, it stops creativity. I, I think people should have been able to continue doing this. There, sh you should have been able to purchase a blanket copyright right protection, and you should have been able to use everything. And that blanket copyright protection simply got disseminated mm -hmm. to everyone who was using. That's right. That's that's what I think. Okay. Let's play the song that got everybody in trouble. Here is Biz Marquee. This is Alone Again. And you'll hear it is so blatantly Gilbert O'Sullivan's song. Sounds like this on Rock School. I was on my way to 125th. I saw this death bench. Yo, that's my man Cliff. As I flagged him down, he pulled to the side. At this moment, I had to swallow my pride. Because usually I wouldn't ask for a lift. But it was cold as hell. And my legs were stiff. He said, hey, Biz, what you want a ride? I said, hell yeah. He said, I can't cause my girl's inside. So he jetted off, leaving two tracks. Not at one time did homeboy look back. It took me out. All right, coming into the bottom of the hour, way late because I'm yakety yakking too much. I'm Joe Burns. You are. Sammy Burns. We're going to do seven days and 70 seconds here in a second. But you may have said, now, wait a minute. You said that you got what I need, which was his big hit. Biz Marquis' big hit was by Freddie Scott. Why didn't Freddie Scott go ahead and sue him? There is, or there was, right after this Grand Upright Music versus Warner Brothers Music, a couple of different ways to do it. One of them was to use sample-friendly bands like Parliament Funkadelic. Now, in the future, Parliament's going to say, hey, look, you're using this way too much, and they will get upset at people. But Dr. Dre, if you listen to his very early stuff, he used Parliament Funkadelic a lot because Parliament Funkadelic liked him mm -hmm. and allowed him to do it. You could use the Grateful Dead because the Grateful Dead was completely fine right. with their people. It, it's as if some artists understand, look, 
I have $3 million. That's enough. I don't need $47 million. And they sort of open it to people. I'd like to tell you that if I was a big music artist, I would have the brains to do that. I know for a fact my lawyers would say, you got to be kidding me. Make as much money as you can. Right. But you got to think about the average person. Have you and I even made a million dollars in our life? No. Nope. Maybe, maybe a million plus, but that's what, 30 years of work? Oh, yeah. If I have $6 million in a bank, that's so much more than the average human being. So on do and you, on. Wait, do you have $6 million in the bank? No, no, it's in gold. Oh. Yeah, I have it in a pile wow. out back. There was also the idea of interpolation. I-N-T-E-R-P-O-L-A-T-I-O-N. Interpolation. What this was, remember when a song is created, it has both a performance royalty and a mechanical royalty. Mm -hmm. Performance to the person who performed it. Right. Mechanical to the person who played it. If you do interpolation, meaning here's the song, I'm going to pluck this out of it, but I'm going to have someone else play it. Yes. You have interpolated. You have done interpolation. So all you have to play or pay is the mechanical royalty, not the performance royalty, because you paid a studio musician 400 and something dollars, whatever scale is, right? and he or she came in and played it. Now you can use it if you pay the mechanical, which is substantially cheaper. Yes. So that's where people went. All right, let's do seven days and 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates, August 16th all the way through August 22nd. You got Monday, Tammy, go. August 16th, 1977, The King is Dead. Elvis passes away in his Graceland mansion. August 17th, 1991, Nirvana shoots the video for Smells Like Teen Spirit. Once it hits MTV, hair metal dies. August 18, 1977, Graceland hosts Elvis' funeral for 150 people, and tons of people were outside the uh, gate. August 19, 1980, The Breaks by Curtis Blow becomes the first rap single certified gold. August 20, 1972, Woodstack happens at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, marking the seventh anniversary of the Watts riots. The press call it black Woodstock. That's where uh, the Reverend Jesse Jackson went, I am, and the crowd went back, I am somebody, somebody, I oh, am, yeah. I am somebody. August 21, 1966, the Beatles play under a tarp at Bush Stadium because it is pouring in St. Louis. It's widely believed that it's here that the Fab Four decide we're not touring anymore. Let's just record. August 22nd, 2012, LL Cool J confronts an intruder into his home named Jonathan Kirby. LL Cool J breaks his nose, his jaw, and two ribs before Kirby puts up his hands, sits down, and waits for police. Woohoo! Do, do it! Do 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 Can't touch this. Do 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 do. Please don't touch me. Hammer, don't hurt him on Rock School. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Can't touch this. Touch this. My, 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 Coming into the second break, and we're a little late, so I got to move along here. This idea of 
I get to take something that you created has been tested all the way up to the Supreme Court. Let me tell you a few of the things that are out there. There's this idea of in minimis. In minimis is a legal statement that means what you take is so small that it is not representative of the song. And that's what NWA said. There was a Bridgeport Music V Dimension Films. NWA sampled two chords of Parliament Funkadelics, Get Off Your Blank and Jam. Mm -hmm. It's a really good song. Get Off Your Blank and Jam. Bridgeport Music, who owns the tune, sued, and it went all the way up to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit, and NWA said, look, de minimis, I took two chords. Right. And the court said, no, no, wow. you don't get to take it. Furthermore, you would think that, look, that's two chords, uh -huh. bump, bump, got it. What if I only took a syllable? There's that old joke in copyright that I'd like to copyright the letter R. Mm -hmm. Okay, and mm -hmm. now every time the letter R is used, I, I get a yeah. jillion dollars. You can't do it. It's too small. Jay-Z, and by the way, Jay-Z wins this one. Uh-oh. He has a song called Run This Town where he took Eddie Bowe's Hook and Sling. Now listen, I'm going to play the beginning of Eddie Bowe, and Eddie Bowe's going to go, oh! Ready? Mm -hmm. Listen. Ready? That's it. That's all he took. Now, here it is inside of the song, Run This Town. I bought my whole family whips, no Volvos. Next time I'm in church, please, no photos. Police escorts, everybody passports. This the life that everybody asked for. This a fast life, we are on a crash course. What you think I you hear it? I do. Well, I like he, it. Here's the thing. It's a syllable. Mm -hmm. That has to be in minimus. Plus, he says the word O. Oh. Right. So, come on. You really can't do it. Well, Eddie Bowe passes away, and all of his music goes to Tough America Publishing. Tough America Publishing sues Jay-Z. Now, again, Jay-Z wins the lawsuit, claiming in minimus. But here's what Tough America Publishing stated. All copyright, and they're completely right about this. There is the circle C, which means copyright, and then there is the circle P, which means performance. And there are two levels of copyright in music, one of them being the nuts and bolts, that's, that's the circle C, and then the performance. And what Tough America Publishing said was that he, Jay-Z, used the Eddie Bowe song because of the performance of the word, oh, right. whereas if he'd have gone, oh, it wouldn't have been as good. Okay, okay. Now, Jay-Z wins the darn thing, but the fact still remains he had to go to court, and it went high up before he finally walked away wow. and just simply gave him a percentage of who's listening to us here on this radio station. That would be WWNW, New Wilmington, PA. You know the way you said W? Yeah, I screwed the, up. Yeah, that was my college that's okay, running us. Say it. And W. Say it. I'll tell you the way Dave Barner told me to do it. Yes. I have a double stuff Oreo cookie for you. Okay. I have a I have a double cookie for you. I have a double for you. I have a double U. That's how you say W. Okay, say the call letters then. W W N W. How about that? You sound like a gentlemen? radio guy. How about that? Back in a minute here on Rock School.
Okay, we got to come into the last break because I am talking and talking and talking. So we'll make this break just a little bit longer. There's a website out there called whosampled.com. And they list every song and how many times they, at least, have found that it has been sampled. If you'd like to know, here are the top five. Actually, I'm going to give you the top six, because if you go with just the top five, you do James Brown twice. So, number six is Synthetic Substitution by Melvin Bliss. They found it sampled 838 times, and it sounds just a little like this. Number five, twice, uh, James Brown, Funky President, sampled 920 times. It sounds like this. Funky down. Nasty. Hey, listen to the man. Tied with him is James Brown's Funky Drummer, sampled 1,722 times. Sounds like this. Again, moving up the chart, change the beat. I get it. It's change the beat, but it's French. So you say change the beat. Sampled 200, or pardon me, 2,557 times. Sounds like this. Change the beat. So change the beat. Change the beat. So change the beat. Number 10 is Lynn Collins. Think about it. Sampled 3,000 times. And believe me, you know it. It's that woo, yeah, woo, yeah. So here you go. Number one tune that has been sampled more than any other tune, and I'm telling you, it's because of the way it's written. It's by the Winstons, which is a gospel group, but they play gospel songs that just cook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not in gospel G. This is a group that cooks. They have a song called Amen Brother. And what happens is right in the middle of it, everything falls away and the drummer gets his 30 seconds of fame. And that's what everybody grabs because that's what you need in a sample. There's a, an old statement in audio production that I can't cut around your voice. So if two of us are talking over each other, I can't cut you away. So you have to have the instrument standing on its own. And that's what Amen Brother by the Winstons does. All right, take a listen. <laughs> And there you have it. Look, it is not hard to find people testing this grand upright music v. Warner Brothers and the fact that, look, you got to pay for a sample. Um, what's her name? Uh, why can't I come up with a name? Hang on. I got it written here. Nicki Minaj 
was supposed to have a song on her album Queen called Sorry. The problem was that she was just taking from Tracy Chapman's song, Baby Can I Hold You? And Chapman said, absolutely not. No, you're not taking it. I know you're Nicki Minaj and we're supposed to be musicians together, but absolutely not. And they simply pulled Queen off the album. It's digital, so you can do things. I would have said, Nikki, take it, babe. Would you? Pay yes. me money? Yes. Well, not, no. She stands up for what principles she believes well, she, I Tracy guess I Chapman. Have none. The problem was that in the world of the internet, you cannot keep anything off the web. Right. And it came out, and the lawsuits flew. Hey, look, little Nas X got nailed for something, and on and on and on. There's so many people... And I think it the I think the main problem is that copyright has been too far extended. Thank you, Disney. Yes. You should be able to keep a copyright, to my opinion, about twenty-five years. Yeah. Make your Maybe money. Less. Make your money. Twenty-five years. And then it should be available to everybody. Write something new. Right. And you found very quickly in the rap world, LL Cool J being one of them, he wrote all his music. If you remember, LL Cool J was the first rap artist to go on MTV right, Unplugged. Right. He could do it because he had a band. So instead of sample, 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 he brought a band in. Well, maybe and if he, all this pressure were taken off of the rap world, yeah. maybe we would have that new genre that you're talking about. I would rather, much rather, allow people to take samples and create. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you, you will have to have what, what they call a blanket copyright option. Meaning you pay a certain amount of money and you can use anything right. as long as you report it. Yeah. And we would get back to that idea of 17 samples creates a bed, which I, I think would be wonderful. Okay, that's it. Class is over. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Ah, uh, you know, we mentioned it earlier in the class. Ding, 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 dig a ding, ding. Yeah. Ding, 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 dig a ding, ding. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Do Ice you is, have to dance every time? Ice is back for the brand new mission. Here you go. It's Vanilla Ice. That's it. Class is dismissed. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Collaborate and listen. listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. To the extreme, I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a chump like a candle. Dance. Dance. Caress the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a